You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Whoa. What's up, everybody? On today's show, it is a special Locked On crossover event. Really fun. I'm being joined by my buddy Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. Sir, how are you? Doing good, man. I can't complain. I mean, I'm not exactly uh, in a fit that says I'm from Pittsburgh right now wearing all of my Georgia stuff down here. Is it's starting to get a little cooler down here? Um, you know, I guess I'm kind of meshing with the enemy at the moment. You know, uh, mm-hmm. things are making making their waves with the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series, even though I can't stand that since what happened in 1992. Um, but other than that, I'm wow. doing good. It's a fun Thursday. It's November 4th. You know, uh, haven't heard Mariah Carey yet, so we're we're slowing that <laughs> roll already. So we're doing yeah. good. Oh, my God. Look, I am so against the Christmas music after Halloween thing. I just don't understand this obsession with playing something for two months <sighs> or like a month in this case. It's just like you can wait. It's OK. Just wait a month. Well, it's tell fine. The, tell the story right after your too. Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, tell the oh, story. Oh, no, of course, of course, of course. Like, I, I mean, you can't tell the stories that. Up. So, the least I think we could ask for is for people to at least just be like, like, I just don't believe that most people love Christmas music that much mm-hmm. that they have to play it starting November 1st. I just don't believe that. I just think you're being obnoxious and being contrarian. But, yeah, realistically. then again, I think that's how people are. Um, as Probably always, guys, Dodgers I'm fans. your host. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100% Dodgers fans. As always, guys, I'm your host. Well, sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most. Javier Reyes might be familiar with some of my work at Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, off Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, which I'm a staff writer for. Um, today's episode, by the way, it is November 4th, a Thursday. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of Pirates stuff, obviously, with Ethan on today. We're going to be talking about Brian Reynolds, who is a guy that a lot of people have messaged me about, tweeted at me about, whatever, talked about this uh, on a couple episodes ago. And then going to be revisiting the Adam Frazier trade which was kind of the only big major move that the Padres made and kind of re-looking at that and seeing how it helped the Pirates and what it was like from Mr. Mr. Ethan Smith's perspective. And then just vibing and talking about the offseason, guys. So very fun episode. Ethan, you ready to get into it? Yes, sir. Of course. All right. Let's do it, man. Uh, love the background, by the way, the Super Bowl champion Steelers. I respect the background. Just because as someone who doesn't have a background, I literally just have curtains. You know what I'm saying? I do not like the Steelers at all, really. But... I respect that. Just, I mean, look at it. you got the hat going on there. It's it's really good stuff. Um, and also, well, usually, guys, thank you for making Lockdown Padres and Lockdown Pirates your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Yeah, what were we gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say usually there's more hats back there, but I've been wearing some of them because it's like this one was up there. Um, mm-hmm. this one was up there. Like there was a bunch <laughs> of different ones that were up there. Um, I will be debuting a Christmas shirt when the time is appropriate that I think you Ooh. and most people will like. Uh, that'll uh-huh. be very interesting as well for the podcast. I like that, man. I like that. I like that. Um, so let's get into it, dude. Let's start with Mr. Brian Reynolds, right? Brian Reynolds, who is 26 years old, who was, I mean, basically pretty easily the best pirates this year. Um, but like, it was, a, it was a little bit of a surprise, but how much of a surprise was it firstly, before we get into kind of, you know, his standing and how valuable of an asset he is how was his season was it that surprising was this kind of like a super breakout was this a Cedric Bullets or was the talent always there and maybe people didn't just uh realize it so 2020 was a really kind of down year for him 
And realistically, like he mm-hmm. kind of just regained the form that he had in 2019. And I think pretty much everybody had a down here in 2020. I think that was really one of those things. It yeah. was just kind of universal around baseball. Now, the the hitting side of things was not exactly like the most surprising thing in the world because if you look at him through his minor league time, he's always hit around the 290 to 300 range. That's just who he is. Um, the defensive side of things was really where a lot of people were like, whoa, wait a minute. He's a gold glove candidate in center field. And shouts out to Brian Reynolds, by the way, for having the best fielding percentage of any center fielder this year in all of Major League Baseball, in the, at least in the National League. I don't know if in all of baseball, but I know in the National League, he had a 994 fielding percentage, best in the National League. So is he going to win the gold glove? Probably not. I don't think he's going to get the recognition that he deserves in that area. I personally don't think he deserves a silver slugger either, just because, I mean, you look at how Juan Soto and Bryce Harper played this year. I think those two guys are unmatched in that area. Um, But the surprising part, again, was the defense. The fact that he shifted from left field to center field basically brought a new dynamic to that center field spot as well. Because, I mean, before the season started, I talked about it numerous occasions. I was like, I don't know who our center fielder is going to be. And then all of a sudden you check out and you look over and you got number 10, Brian Reynolds out there at center field saying, okay, I guess I'm going to do this now. And then of course, Ben Gamble, a Cleveland kind of throwaway comes over. He does good as well. Um, but we're still looking for another outfielder. So I have coined uh cut to Pittsburgh as a new hashtag here at the locked on podcast network that I am waiting to uh, see and happen as he just opted out of his deal yesterday. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brian Reynolds, I wasn't entirely surprised that he did that. Um, I never really saw him as like an all-star either, but that was also due to like Mookie Betts and a couple other players having down years. But mm-hmm. it was a fun season for him. And I mean, I wasn't entirely surprised, but I wasn't entirely like not surprised if that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you mean. And look, as, as obviously the Pirates are in my division, so like I didn't know much about the team. Uh, for the most part. And what's funny, aside from the Joe Musgrove trade, we, we could also relitigate if you'd like. Uh, it's like kind of what I, what was so funny is I, when I saw Brad Reynolds is doing so, well, I'm like, wow, yeah, he's been in the major leagues a really long time. Like, I'm I'm happy that he's having this random kind of good season. And then I realized I was thinking of Mark Reynolds, mm-hmm. uh, if you remember him. Mm-hmm. Was he on the Pirates? I can't remember. I think he was at one point. Maybe uh, was he Mark Reynolds? I might be lying. If he was there, he was it, on was, it wasn't very he was on long. Colorado. Yeah, he, I know he was with Colorado. He was no, he was a Colorado National and Baltimore Oriole. He was never in Pittsburgh. I mean, it, it, he sounds like a kind of guy that might have been in Pittsburgh. But shockingly, people yeah. always think Reynolds has been in the major leagues for that like very long. He debuted in 2019, mm-hmm. so he's only been yeah. there for like three years. But I mean, he was also I. I kind of again the other reason I'm lobbying for McCutcheon is because he's who we got in the Andrew McCutcheon trade from the San Francisco Giants. So it'd just be so funny to just flip the script on it and just have McCutcheon and Reynolds out there beside each other. Be amazing, but we'll see if it happens or not. I doubt it because Bob Nutting hates to spend money. That's am I supposed to be a Pirates host? If I'm, I'm not a Pirates host, if I don't say Bob Nutting doesn't spend money. <laughs> yeah, I'd be mean, like, and, and here's another thing, which you which you mentioned about the defense. I mean, if you just look at 2019, that first year, if you just look at outs above average, he had two, which is mm-hmm. fine, and then all of a sudden this year, eleven, yeah. ten through center field, uh, zero through left field. But like, it's just kind of, and then one in left field. But like, that's just kind of just shows you the jump. It reminds me just for Padres fans a small, small comparison in terms of like 
Hunter Renfro, who isn't as good, but Hunter Renfro had that like, wait, what? This guy is a good defender all of mm-hmm. a sudden type of value to him. Of course, they end up trading him, but just for a, a Padres sort of comparison, I think that it's always interesting when that starts happening. Do you think that he can keep up the level of production that he had this year? Um, I hope he does personally, but I mean, mm-hmm. I think he can. Um especially defensively. I think that's not just a fluke this year. I don't think that's just something that he decided. He just was like, okay, I'm going to go be a gold glove center fielder this year. I don't think that's just something that he decided (laughs) to do. I think it's something that he's going to turn himself into. Now I will be quite frankly honest here. It's almost impossible for a guy to hit around 300 or over 300 every single year. You saw that for your Padres, for instance, with Fernando Tatis Jr. this year. I mean, everybody's like, he's having a down year. It's like, cool. He has 15 more years to figure it out. Don't worry. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, yeah. I will even tell that to your listeners, too. He's fine. The Padres are fine. Oh, they're not worried. Yeah. I don't think they're worried like, about him. They're not yeah, worried about I mean, Tatis. But even the Padres in general, you missed the playoffs when you were expected to. Guess what? That happens to how many teams over the, cro- uh, over the course of like the last decade? And then guess what happens? They go and win the World Series two years from them, and nobody remembers that year. Um, but speaking on Reynolds again, um, one, I think he's untouchable. I don't know if you saw me and the Mariners mm-hmm. host talking in our little chat that we had the other day about the Julio Rodriguez for Brian Reynolds thing. And Ooh. yeah, I think he top Seattle Mariners yeah, prospect. Um, but that's our asking price is it's like two mm. top prospects that we want to see in basically the top 100 and Charrington is not slipping on that at all. He said, this is what I want, and if that's either you're going to give me this or he's not going anywhere. So, I mean, is he going to the Padres? Probably not because we've already made three tra- or two trades with your team and taken some valuable <laughs> prospects, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you're not trading Mackenzie Gore for Brian Reynolds. Um, you're probably not trading uh, some of the other guys that you have for Brian Reynolds, depending on how your front office would feel about it. Um, next year, I think will be very indicative to see what Brian Reynolds is as a player, because 2022 is kind of a benchmark to say we need to get better. So is he going to stay where he's at and be the leader of this team, be the best player on this team, or does he take that noticeable dip? But do other players help him out when he takes that dip? That's really what I'm looking for heading into 2022 and the off season. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And before we kind of, before I push you back or not push back on, because I I agree with everything you said uh, before we kind of get a little bit more into the untouchable part of Brian Reynolds. And maybe I offer you a a mock trade because why the hell not worthy in the off season. I need to talk to everybody. The listeners are good listeners about you ever heard of bet online, Ethan. You ever heard of them before? Yeah, I do it all the time. Awesome. There you go, folks. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. See, it's easy to remember, too. It's just locked on. There you go. Uh, for basketball, football, to, of course, baseball this uh, postseason, which has now come to an end, unfortunately, but whatever. They also got you covered in hockey and the NHL. They got you covered in boxing. They got you covered in UFC. All sorts of favorite Vegas casino games. They've got you covered, guys. You know what to do. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Where the game starts. And now, here's the thing, Ethan. Let's, let's transition a little bit. 
You say he's untouchable. And you're saying the Padres wouldn't deal with Kenzie Gore. First of all, do you know who A.J. Preller is? This man does not rest. He doesn't care. And so I think that part of the reason why listeners have been asking me about Brian Reynolds is because, like you mentioned, we've already made two trades with the Pirates. So I think people naturally are making that correlation. They're saying, well, why not make another? You know what I'm saying? And they think sometimes a little bit, sometimes this is a correct way of thinking. I think that in this case it's wrong where they're like, well, the Pirates, they, they're they not in the good right now. So that means that they might make a dumb trade, right? They've made dumb trades before, as you've probably talked about on your podcast, which we don't have to say because, honestly, it's just mean. I don't want to be mean about that. Um, so I think that's why people are bringing it up. And in terms of Mackenzie Gore, he is like the most – he's like the new catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, like position for the Padres where like the Padres had this Francisco Mejia versus Austin Hedges thing in a while. Now it's becoming a, are you in the McKenzie Gore camp or not? Because he has, um, he struggled. He struggled quite a lot. I mean, just in terms of the minor league stuff, he, he had like these blisters and all this weird stuff. So he didn't pitch a lot in 2021. And then Keith Law came out and said, he's looking like, you know, the best prospect ever again and whatnot. And then let me see right here. His Arizona Fall League campaign posted a 6.35 ERA and allowed 15 hits and six walks over 11.1 innings pitched. He's a, yeah, 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 your face kind of reacted there. Let's just say I wouldn't be that surprised if the Padres might be out on this guy. I don't necessarily know if they should be, but there is this feeling of can they even get the best out of their pitchers? So I actually think that Mackenzie Gore could be on the table. Would that be enough, though, for the Pirates or Brian Reynolds? No. Let me go ahead and throw another. Would it have to be? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me go because I'm looking at your top ten because I, that that's mm-hmm. where you're going to be looking. Is yeah. I think C.J. Abrams is probably untouchable, and we don't need a middle infield prospect. We don't need another one. We have like twelve. We don't need another mm-hmm. one. Um, <laughs> Robert Hassel would be interesting. Uh, we are looking for outfield depth, but I see his ETA is 2023, so we'd probably be looking. The reason I said Gore is because his ETA is 2022. If you're trading Brian Reynolds yeah. right now, they're going to be looking for guys that you can immediately say, we can throw them in the lineup on opening day in 2022 and be pieces. That's kind of what we saw. And whatever we talk about the Adam Frazier trade, it was a little different because the timing was a little different. Louis Campisano, who I've mentioned to you before, I struck out before in Little League Baseball, just, just so everybody knows it. <laughs> Um, would be an interesting one as well. I mean, because, yeah, you drafted Henry Davis number one overall. Um, because everybody in my mentions is always talking about we messed up by not trading um, Frazier to the Dodgers for Kybert Ruiz. I said, when were we ever getting Kybert Ruiz? That was never going to happen. Like, you, maybe if you traded them Brian Reynolds, sure, mm-hmm. um, but you're not getting Kybert Ruiz that way. But Louis Campisano, the thing that's interesting about him is when you watch him, he's a very good catcher, first of all, um, for most intensive purposes, but – he would like you drafted Henry Davis number one overall, but Henry Davis is so far down the line right now that it's like, okay, Michael Perez literally batted under 100 with runners in scoring position this year. That, that That's something you don't do. Like you just can't have that as a backup catcher and place all this honus on Jacob Stallings, who be expected to see a lot of Jacob Stallings to the Giants talks, I think, because there's not a lot of good mm. catchers on the oh, market yeah. right now. And trading Jacob mm-hmm. Stallings would be terrible for the Pirates, I think, but it's something they might consider. Um, but when looking at it, if you could say you could have Louis Campisano, Mackenzie Gore, and then maybe you scroll down and look at guys like Victor Acosta, um, 
Bray and Medina, guys like that that are way lower, that are farther away, then you probably get to a talking point. But that's what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. the point of how Charrington treats Reynolds as a player because of the amount of years of arbitration that he still has and the fact that they have already expressed interest in extending him. They just haven't talked to him about it yet. That's what makes him so untouchable. Is it's different from saying he's like Bryce mm-hmm. Harper level untouchable. He's not. He, I mean, you could trade him with the right asking price, but it's hard to run away from something where you have a 26 year old who's only going to be making, I think the projected arbitration number was 4.5. Like you take that every day yeah. of the week as a team that literally does not have any contracts past 2021 right now. Yeah, exactly. I think you hit the nail right at the head. It's it sounds like a gore plus one of those guys. See, like you said, CJ was is probably untouchable for all intents and purposes uh, in the Padres system. I say probably because I do think that when we start getting into trade talks regarding prospects, we always forget that like you know GMs or not necessarily us or anyone in particular, but people tend to forget like. Guys don't just log on to Baseball Reference and to Baseball America, and they're like, "Okay, these are the guys that I can't trade." You know what I'm saying? They, they everybody views their prospects differently. For all we know, the Padres like are are down on CJ Abrams. I don't think they are, but for all we know, they could just be saying, "Yeah, we like the guy, but we're absolutely open to trading him." They may be super high on Robert Hassel. We don't know exactly. And the Pirates, for some reason, could be down on some of the guys in their farm system, some of their backups, some of their middle infielders, uh, like you were mentioning before. So we don't know for sure, and we don't know if you know Gore and a couple other prospects that we get that deal announced. Right? I think it would be very surprising based on what you've been telling me and based on what I've heard as well. But it's definitely one of those things where it does feel like Pods fans are just kind of hoping that the Pirates will do another bad trade. And I think that while anyone should hope for that, uh, absolutely, especially if you're a team uh, that you know has World Series aspirations, mm-hmm. it's not something I'd be looking for. Obviously, he'd be a great fit considering that we just had Tommy Pham last year who, you know, could not hit. You talked about can't hit with runners in scoring position. He was among the worst in all of baseball in that department. He was terrible. And then he looked incredibly old, specifically when he tried to play defense. That guy had no reaction time. Every time he fell to the, to the down to the field, it looked like it would take him six years to get up. I'm like, I don't understand this. You look fine when you're batting. But in the outfield, he looks like he's 56 years old. Um, so I know that a lot of Pods fans are like, all right, we would have Grisham then Brian Reynolds, like that'd be gold glove caliber type of outfielders. But I don't know if it's realistic, even if it's just, it would be very, very lovely, especially to get, you know, just a guy that doesn't cost as much, but that's the key part is the arbitration. Yeah, exactly. But that's where you really, if you're going to make moves right now, not to bring up the, uh, the thing that shall not be named, by the way, I just finished all the Harry Potter movies in the past week and a half. Um, The the CBA (laughs) is going to happen. December 2nd, it's very likely that things are going to stop. You're not going to get winter meetings. That's why I think you saw yesterday yeah. the Tigers and the Reds made those moves already because I think a lot of yep. these managers already can tell what's going to happen. So they're going to make moves right mm-hmm. now. They're going to make them over the next couple of weeks because they're not going to sit there and say, let's hold off a second. Let's see how this goes. And then you have to wait four months to make your trade. You're not going to do that. You want to yeah. make these things now especially if you're like a team like the Pirates who has to figure out who they're protecting, who they're not protecting for the Rule 5 draft, who they're putting on their 40-man roster with all these young players. Like, you don't want to wait around and see that stuff. And I'll be honest, if Brian Reynolds gets traded, it's not going to be like me or Bryce Patrick with Joey Yallo. I love Brian Reynolds, but I don't have a severe attachment to him, but I will still be very, very annoyed. (laughs) Very annoyed. Yeah. 
especially depending on where he goes. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. Anything can happen when you're a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. I've already suggested mm-hmm. that we could win the World Series next year, and I wouldn't even be phased. I, I, I really wouldn't. Like, it would not even phase me. <laughs> what? Like, I'm serious. What's wrong with you? Well, no, like, well, I mean, you really like, are I'm a sad saying, boy. Like, it wouldn't phase me in the wrong way. Like, it would be like, oh, like, okay, oh okay. wow, the Pirates did something they weren't supposed to do. And then they would get to the playoffs and like lose in the wild card game or something, right? And then like when they are mm-hmm. supposed to win, they'll go like seventy eight and eighty four and like not know how to play baseball again. Like that's just kind of like the nature of the Pirates ever since I've known them. Wow, just just sounded like a broken yeah. man. I mean, Javi, right last now. year in twenty twenty, you saw more playoff wins from the Padres oh, yeah, in an expanded playoff than I've seen from the Pirates in my entire lifetime. <laughs> I've seen them win four playoff games. Four. Absolutely rough. Yeah. Absolutely rough. So for Padres fans, if you think you have it rough, you usually have, in fairness, they usually yes. have had it rough. They were in that Pirates department. But right now, I just think that that team next year, and now we have to, we just have to talk about this. You brought up Adam Frazier. We'll talk about that in a second. But I just think like next year, just a general regression to average is what I think Padres fans can at least hope for. I don't think that their team should have won less than like they shouldn't have gone below 500. So at the very least, like, you know, an 88 win team next year, that could be possible depending on what they do this off season. Obviously they've had the Melvin and um, Ruben Nabel hirings. Like there's, there's mm-hmm. still a lot to happen, but yeah, I think that when, when you mentioned Reynolds, I do think usually you get a little chatter, right? Before a trade happens. Like you literally, you usually, I think people are just kind of trying to wish this into thin air. You know what I mean? This is kind of like when um, with the Yankees fans, how they're trying to pretend that they're going to trade like, you know, Clint Frazier and Miguel and Duhar for like Matt Olson. You know what I'm saying? Like they've just been trying to like prop this into thin air. Usually before a trade, or at least that there's a possibility, usually you'll hear something like, you know, some team checked in or whatever. That usually seems to be the idea. And I haven't heard anything like that uh, whatsoever. And what happened with Adam Frazier for example, there were kind of teams checking in. He did seem like a guy that could be available, especially because he had never really done what he had no. done in the first half of 2021 before. So let's relitigate that really quickly. The Padres, obviously, their big trade deadline move this past season was Adam Frazier, who at the time was an all-star. All-star second baseman. He was leading the National League in batting average and in hits. Or maybe maybe it was just hits and maybe not batting average. I don't know. No, he was leading in hits for a hot minute. Was Him he? and Nicholas Castellanos yeah, he were was. going back and forth for him mm-hmm. for a while. That was fun. I remember those times. But then he comes to the Padres, and for the first couple of weeks, he's hitting like 176. So let's just talk about the trade really quickly. The pieces that the Pirates got back, how was that viewed from a Pirates perspective? What did that do for that team? Were you happy with the trade in the moment? I mean, in the moment, sure. Uh, I wasn't expecting the Padres. I will. That was my first reaction uh, to all of that was, oh, wait, we traded them to Sandy or San Diego. I was like, by the way, I almost slip up every time I talk about the Padres because I always say San Diego, but I still call the Chargers the San Diego Chargers sometimes. So then I have to fix myself. So don't Fair be enough. don't be ever mad at me if I freaking sit there and call you the Los Angeles Padres um, just because it'll be a mixture of things. Um, but Chuka Peter Marcano, I think was the main kind of piece that we saw. Um, some mm-hmm. people wanted him to come up immediately. I said, no, uh, you have way too many guys right now and there's a strong chance. And I think he will come up in 2022 and he's basically Adam Frazier light. Like, do you guys remember back when you had the iPhone five C and you could get it in different colors? Like 
Yeah, Adam yeah, Frazier is like the blue one, and then Tucapito Marcano is the yellow one. They're the same phone. They're just one looks cooler than the other one. And it's like, okay, well, cool. Um, Jack Sawinski was another one. He was apparently really loved yep. in the clubhouse in the minor leagues. And then uh, Michelle Milano, which I wanted to call him Michael Milano for the longest time, but I realized it's literally Michelle without an E, Milano. And I was like, okay, cool. Oh, wow. And then, I mean, cash mm-hmm. considerations, whatever. Cash considerations is always the best part of every trade because, you know, I mean, cash considerations <laughs> has a lot of upside. Um, but, I mean, I like that they mentioned Tucapito Marcano as an infielder. But if I vaguely remember when you guys played us early in the season, he was playing the outfield in that game, if I'm not mistaken. And I know he got a hit against Yeah, us. they can move him around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. I mean, and with the void that we have in right field right now with Right now, if the season was going on, it would probably be Anthony Alford or Yoshi Sutsugo. Yoshi Sutsugo cannot play the position. Um, I was happy with the trade. I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh thought we were going to get a lot more for him, and I don't think people realize Mm -hmm. that this league is a power dynamic league, and Adam Frazier is more of the guy that says, okay, I'm going to lead the inning off, get a single, and then throw it to Tatis Machado, Will Myers, and and Hosmer and whatever like the death lineup that you guys were supposed to have. And he's just going to be on base all the time. That's what he's supposed to be. But in a league now that's so predicated on power, he wasn't going to garner you anything crazy. Um, But I think it's Mm -hmm. fully expected to see Tucapito Marcano in 2022. Uh, I think Sawinski and uh, uh, Miliano, that's actually how you pronounce it, are a little bit farther away. No problem with that, though. I mean, we'll see how it works. I mean, even the Joe Musgrove trade, you're not going to see Hudson head in the majors until maybe 2024. So, I mean, you're not even going to know the ramifications of that trade until then. I mean, you really look at it. Colin Moran is the only standing player left from the Garrett Cole trade from uh, Houston and Pittsburgh. So, I mean, it takes a while to figure these trades out, especially when you're on the other side of it. Like for the Padres, obviously, it was kind of a dud because Frazier just took a major regression for no good reason. Um, but for the Pirates, who knows? It might end up being a very good trade. It might not at all. It might not affect anything. You're not sure yet just because you haven't It could be a loss for both. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. now the Joe Musgrove trade, that was when, a win for both teams. I yeah. don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that the and the, hey, the Musgrove trade at the minimum got the team's first no hitter in franchise history, so everyone will always remember that. Um, I think that with the the Adam Frazier trade, it's funny because someone brought up with me, they're like, "Yeah, well, you started tweeting in excitement when it happened. Don't go back on it now." I'm like, fair, but also in fairness, in the moment, I you you know this because you know me. Like my bit has been screaming about AJ Power mm-hmm. begging him to murder me after literally every move that happened. That's what I. That's just my bit. And then when he broke it down, it was like, I think Adam Frazier could have been a solid piece for the team for sure. But, you know, he's at least been a solid player before. Maybe not as all-star level as he was now. And they were betting yeah. on, you know, can he continue that, which he did it. But still, it's, it's a fine bet to make maybe. But the big thing for me was they didn't need that type of player. They didn't need an infielder, first of all, necessarily. You still had, or at least you theoretically, were supposed to have Jerickson Profar and Hassan Kim to be able to do stuff for you. And then on top of that, like you said, he wasn't a power guy. The Padres were towards the bottom percentile of the league. They were like one of the 10 worst teams in home runs and sluggy percentage. So it was kind of like, I didn't know if Adam Frazier was the right move to make, but nonetheless, they still made it. And I think a lot of people might be saying, oh, Marcano and Mitchell or Michelle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Michelle Miliano. I didn't know. I actually did that. 
Michelle Miliano and then Jack Sawinski, they're like, well, those aren't the top prospects, so it's okay. And I agree. However, what I keep trying to reemphasize with people is when you're teams that are in contention, when you're trading prospects, it's not or not trading prospects, it's not necessarily because you're viewing these guys. You're like, I think these guys are stars. It's there's a couple things, right? Maybe they think Abrams is a star. That's what, and they want it, and they intend to play him. Otherwise, you have to view it as just farm system depth and assets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you trade these guys, that means you cannot trade them for another player that might have been better this offseason. Maybe this package plus a gore and one other thing might have got them Ryan Reynolds. Who knows? Or another better player from another team. Whatever. I can't think of what off the top of my head, but that's how you have to view it. And if you view it as that, it's just assets that the Padres probably lost considering that Adam Frazier really did do anything for them. He started becoming a little bit more solid of a player at the end of the season when the team was already a mess. Great. Mm-hmm. Thanks, I guess. He didn't help us when the real uh, downfall was happening. And he was, I mean, it was bad. It was bad, Ethan. Like, there was, like, base running blunders. There was, like, bunting. I think he bunted at one point with two strikes, and then he was out. Uh, he had, like, like it was, like, first pitch outs a lot. Like, little bloop lollipops, as I call them, to the second baseman. It was rough. It was rough. And, everyone, and then, on top of all that, he wasn't even in the lineup consistently. So, like, here's our big trade acquisition. And it's game two, and he's not even starting. And I remember that, like, actually. What's going on? I was so, super confused. I looked at your starting lineup, was, was and I was like, didn't you guys just trade for him, like, five days ago? 24 yeah, hours like, ago. Yeah, it was just like, he played that first game, and then everyone was like, uh, uh, what what the heck, man? Like, this doesn't make sense. And that's kind of how it went for the Padres. So, it for for right now, unless maybe next year he comes back to the team if he does and then he does super well for right now it's probably a loss for the padres even if the assets don't seem like they've given up a lot it definitely is one of those things where you have to view it as like i said mm-hmm. assets it's not just about this guy making a, a major league impact you you acquire stuff think of it people i feel like know this at the nba when you have depth on your team you then trade for a superstar that's how the nba works it's a little bit like that in baseball except that sometimes baseball you just like to have depth and you like to have a decent pitcher who could call up instead of having to sign Jake Arrieta and Vince Velasquez for the end of your season. Yikes. So. Um, but the one thing still about the first trade, the Padres and the Pirates made with Joe Musgrove that I still think is awesome is Joe Musgrove, of course, is a San Diego native uh, from yes, El Cajon, I believe is actually where I heard from a lot of the Pirates mm-hmm. um, announcers. And then Dave Bednar is from a suburb in Pittsburgh as well and comes out to Renegade which is mm-hmm. what we play all the time at Steeler games. <laughs> and I already said the coolest moment, if I'm hopefully still the host of Locked on Pirates by then, is when they finally get back to the postseason and David Bednar comes out in the eighth inning or the ninth inning to close it out and just plays renegade to a bunch of 39,000 Yinzers that are just going nuts. Like, if you ever want to watch a crowd <laughs> go nuts, I don't care about Truist Park and all the crap that they did like with all their stuff. Like, cool, you won the World Series. Have fun with it. Awesome. Go get drunk. Go have fun. I've never been up to that new stadium yet because it's terrible to get in and out of, I've heard. Um, And I know I'm kind of going on a tangent, Mm -hmm. but Pirates fans, this is one thing that anybody from my, like, kind of place will tell you is, I mean, they just go nuts for baseball. Like, the team is a baseball – or the city is a baseball city kind of, like, at its core. It's just the baseball team is never good. So it's like – it, it, so they're kind of like, who's a, what's a good comparison? They're kind of like Bills fans before the uh, Bills were really good. Like, you know how they're good now, but like five years ago, they weren't. Yeah. But everybody, but everybody oh, yeah, knew gotcha. that their fans were awesome. That's kind of Pirates fans. Like, if mm-hmm, you ever want to mm-hmm. watch a crowd go in a frenzy, 
Go back to 2013 when they made Johnny Cueto drop the ball off the mound and then they erupted. I've heard, I've had people tell me who listened to my podcast that were there that legitimately say they were scared because the stadium was shaking because of how loud people were. Like that's how loud that stadium mm-hmm. got. Wow. And that was the second inning. That wasn't even a guaranteed win yet. Russell Martin just hit a home run to make it 3-0. It wasn't even a guaranteed win yet. I was like, yeah, dude, bring me that kind of energy back, please. Ben Charrington, I'm begging you. Channel your 2013 Red Sox uh, era and just make it happen, please. (laughs) Make it happen, indeed. Ethan, before I let you go, before we end this crossover, one last thing, just a quick general baseball thing. What is one thing that you're looking forward to the offseason? I mean, we've talked about the CBA a lot. Um, the salary thing, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of staying away from because I have no input. I have an input on it. I just don't have a solution that everybody agrees on, on it. Um, the universal DH, I think gotcha. just needs to happen. Um, after watching the world series yeah. and seeing the Astros have multiple like innings that just got shut down by the fact that they were in Atlanta and had to throw a pitcher out there that never hits. Um, I think they need to just, yeah nicks the the uh pitchers hitting i understand it for guys like sully older people that have watched baseball for so long the national american league that is their main difference that is what they do um but i think baseball's changed to the point where universal dh is in order it'll give more hitters more chances pitchers will just have to focus on pitching which i think you'll see an uptick in pitching if that happens um and i've also suggested a expanded playoff to the point where you add one more team um to each uh, mm-hmm. conference or each league, whatever you want to call it. Um, that would have allowed the blue Jays and the, I think it was the reds to make the playoffs this year. Um, Cause I am a firm believer that if the Toronto blue Jays would have made the playoffs this year, they would have won the world series. I say that to, I am. Okay. I mean, who would like that offense was going to rip apart everybody. It really was. It was just their pitching that shut them down outside of Robbie. Ray. Have. Um, but realistically, just fix the CBA very quickly so we get baseball in March. That's all I really care about. Whatever gripes you guys have, whatever you guys need to figure out, just figure it out. Make the right decisions. Make baseball better. Make it more marketable. And then let's get back to spring training in March. That's really what I'm looking forward to in the offseason. And for the Pirates to sign Andrew McCutcheon. Absolutely. <laughs> that would be nice. Honestly, I want that to happen too. McCutcheon's such a fun player. Um Look, I would say I agree with you on the Universal DH thing. And on Sully, who's the host of Lockdown MLB, uh, look, I, I just love alleged progressive baseball fans who want the sport mm-hmm. to like get better. And then they're like, wait, wait, yeah. wait. I don't want my pitcher that bats 120 every year to be taken out of the lineup. Not to mention, not just the, the making the games better. It also makes roster construction more interesting. Hey, guys, you know what would be really fun? If more teams could have gotten Nelson Cruz at the deadline. You know what I mean? Imagine the, the Padres, Padres like, oh, can you play Cruz. second? You know Imagine I mean? the Padres went and got exactly. Nelson Cruz instead of Adam Frazier. That's the pitch right there. That's the soundbite, guys. Um, but, of course, that's all the time we have, guys, for today. Um, thank you for making Lockdown Padres and Lockdown Pir- Pirates your hashtag first listed every day. Now make your second listen with the aforementioned Paul Francis Sullivan, Lockdown MLB. But please call him Sully, guys. Bring It brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. Ethan, before we close this bad boy out, one last thing. 
what do you got to plug, if anything, to the good people? Well, you guys already see at the bottom of the screen. You can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan. Uh, always talking about Los Angeles Clippers basketball. So a lot of you guys are over there. So maybe you root for the Clippers as well. Um, most of my timeline is Pittsburgh fans. So they were kind of like just like what the world is going on and what is he talking about? As you can see, big UGA <laughs> guy. Um, kind of annoyed that Alabama is number two, but I hope we handle business in December whenever we do play them. Um, you can also follow the podcast at Locked On Pirates as well. Uh, you can follow it on YouTube, pretty much anywhere you get hobbies, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, stuff like that. You can mm -hmm. follow that there as well. And I may actually be going across networks here at the Locked On Podcast Network next week or the week after to be on some other shows. Um, maybe my outfit is a little hit to that, uh, but we're hashing out the details right Ooh. now. Um, but that's pretty much all I have today. Ooh. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah, basically the same goes for me, guys. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to my show, same place as Ethan said, available and free on all platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you see me pointing to it right now, that means you're watching the YouTube. If you didn't see me point to it, it means you're not watching it, which you should be. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. You get to see our, our handsome lad, Ethan, and my weird by the way i didn't even mention i got a haircut yes. i don't know why i didn't even mention that at all my haircut a lot of people in the comments have been attacking me for my hair thing there you go i made all of you hopefully proud um so be sure to do that it should be in the description for all my audio listeners lockdown padres on youtube and at lo underscore padres for the podcast twitter page all sorts of good memes and dreams on both accounts as for ethan and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful fire faithful homies take care